Well, once again, good morning. I am excited to be with you, and uh, it is actually um, some circumstances have led me to be here this morning. Um, Pastor Denny Balesi was supposed to be here this morning preaching, and uh, this last week his father passed away. Um, a week and a half after his father-in-law passed away. And, uh, and so we need to be lifting him up in prayer. Um, and so uh, I said, you know, I, I'll, I'll pinch it. And I'll, I'll come in and, um, and prepare a message and bring it. And I'm excited to be here. And, um, and so uh, I just thought we'd take a couple minutes to, to pray for Pastor Denny and his family as we, as we kick off the message this morning. Will you join me in prayer? God, we lift up Pastor Denny and Lisa. God, as they have um, lost their fathers. And in talking with him, it's been bittersweet because they've been battling dementia and cancer and ailments for a long time now, God. And now they're running around with you. And a loss can be a difficult one for us here on earth, God. But knowing that these two men that have been in Pastor Denny and Lisa's life have shaped them and followers of you and have given their lives to you. And so we know that they are with you right now. Your word promises that. But God, I pray that you would wrap your arms around the Balesi family. Wrap them in your love, your peace, your comfort that only you can bring. We give you glory for these men's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I was at lunch this last week with a friend of mine who's a missionary. And he's worked with uh, organizations like Athletes in Action. And uh, he's working now as the director for the area for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, and we, uh, Amber and I are now supporting him uh, financially. And we met for lunch this last week. And he raised an interesting question that got me thinking about the message this morning. And, and got me on a track of, of wondering about that. And, and wondering about what happens when things don't seem to add up. He's been faithful to Christ and following Christ and he's been raising enough support and he just got to a place where he raised enough support and the alternator in his car, in his van went out. And he's going, God, why? What's going on? What are you teaching me? What do I need to learn? And it's kind of been one thing after another. There was a timing belt issue that he just finished paying off and now the alternator and it's just he seems like one thing after another. And I was thinking about that, that idea of, man, what is God teaching this guy? I don't have an answer. I wonder, you know, what, what is God teaching him? And why does God take us through those kinds of scenarios, those roller coasters of up and down of, hey, I'm getting enough support and now I'm spending it and I don't have enough and... Maybe it's for you, it's a job, and things are going well, and all of a sudden a project turns sideways, out of the blue. 
Maybe someone that you're working with, you need to fire and actually lay off because they're not doing the job. And it's like, man, this guy's been a faithful follower. He's been working a coworker. She's been doing an amazing job. And all of a sudden, comes down, economy, we need to lay him off. You're going, what? What in the world? What, what do I need? What is going on, God? I thought about the, the Israelites traveling through the wilderness. And going, God, what were you teaching them? Because they didn't seem to get it because they just kept complaining over and over and over and over again as they're wandering around. And God's taking them on this journey through the desert. And then a whole generation of people are wiped out because they were not wanting to go in. When the 12 spies, the story from the Old Testament, go, they go in and they, they see the land of milk and honey that God has promised. And they go... There's too many. They're big. They're giants. But two men, Joshua and Caleb, are like, let's do it, guys. Come on. We can do it. God's given us the land. Let's go for it. It says that the people that night cried out and weeped before Moses and saying, no, we can't do this. They're going to destroy us. They're huge. And God says, because of that unfaithfulness, I'm not sending you into the promised land. The whole generation had to pass away before they were let in. I was thinking about this church. Last week, Doug Smith, our candidate, came in to speak, and it was awesome getting to know him, and I got to spend some time with breakfast and Friday night meeting and, and Sunday morning before church, and uh, got to hang out after church with his two daughters, two of his three daughters, and get to know them. And they were leaving for the Bahamas for a mission trip. And I went, wow, how do I sign up for the Bahamas? <laughs> and that sounds awesome. They're going to an AIDS camp. And I said, is it titled Atlantis? And, and they're, no, it's, they're actually going off resort and going and serving this third world country, the Bahamas, that becomes a destination resort. And it's a resort in the midst of poverty and pain and suffering. And they're going there. And last week I was, was fired up and I'm going, man, we've got a new candidate. This is awesome. I love his vision. I love his heart. We're going to have another one. We were going to have another one. I'm going, all right, we're getting to know these guys. And as I thought about that, I thought about it's been two years, three weeks, and three days since Pastor Dale resigned. But who's counting? <laughs> Me. And I thought about these last two years. I'm going, God, what are you teaching me? What do I need to learn? What does ABF need to learn? Come on, let's, let's get this new leader. Let's, let's go. Let's move. Let's get going. And God's taking us through different things. And there's some major things that I've looked at as we, as we look at the Israelites and their supposed wandering. Is that to God it wasn't wandering. He had a specific purpose for leading them the way he did. And he talks about it specifically when they're exiting Egypt. In Exodus chapter 13, it's just one verse, and I'm going to read it real quick. It says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. I thought about that and I went, Huh. 
All right. God, I know from Isaiah, your ways are higher than my ways, and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are now longer than my ways because I would take the shorter route. But he leads them a different way, and he has a purpose behind it. And it says this in verse 18. Excuse me, continuing on in 17, it says, For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. He leads them in a completely different direction than normal routes would tell them to go. But he has a purpose. And I know that God has a purpose for these last two years here. And I see it in the story of the Israelites and the story of ABF. And I want to share a couple things. The first one I see is this, is that in the midst of the wilderness, God did amazing things. I went through the story and I found some, some awesome stuff. He fed them with manna. He created dew that would turn into bread, these things. What is it? Manna. That's what we're going to call it because it's sweet like honey and it's awesome and satisfying. And then they go and complain some more and so he brings quail through every afternoon so they could have meat to eat. This morning at 5.30, ducks flew over and gave us their greeting. It was kind of cool. I'm going, hey. And they were pretty low. Couldn't jump up and grab one. But I thought about that. I'm going, man, what would it be like to wake up and have the dew on the grass be bread, be the pancakes that we ate this morning? What would it be like to sit around the bonfire making s'mores and having quail fly through? Go, oh, dinner's here. Let's pluck them and put them on the barbie. God did amazing things. He let water come from a rock twice. He healed people after they were being bitten in the Israelite camp by venomous snakes by looking at a bronze statue of a snake that Moses would carry around. They were healed by just looking at the bronze snake. A donkey speaks. Balaam's donkey speaks during this time of wandering. That's pretty amazing. And he was speaking this morning too. Wake up. It says that God moves ahead of his people and he defeats the people of Arad, Sihon, Og, the Midianites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. He provides law on a stone tablet. He meets with Moses face to face, so much so that when he comes down off the mountain, Moses' face is glowing and the people create a veil for him to put over because they can't even look at Moses. He's radiating so much. God did some awesome stuff. And I look at the last two years, three weeks, three days since we've had a senior pastor here, and I go, God's done amazing things here. I think about Christmas Cafe. I think about the awesome musicals that have been put on here just that worshiping God, allowing people to come and hear the truth of Jesus, changing lives. Over the last couple of years, our numbers for Awana have gone up to 150 kids this last year, coming here every Tuesday night to say Bible verses that have been memorized, to learn God's word and implant it in their hearts. Vacation Bible School, 137 kids 
were on campus for a whole week. God is moving. We've had youth camps up to, up to Hume Lake, to Mammoth. God's moving in the hearts of people. We have an airsoft ministry now that's starting up, that's going like crazy, that's growing. We've had as high as 190, 200 almost, something like that. Warriors on campus. We've had messages brought from the stage that have impacted my life, and I think yours too. We have small groups that are starting, that are caring for people, that are continuing to grow. We have Men's Summit that started. How many men, 40 men started coming to gather together on Friday mornings, to pray together, to hold each other accountable, to study God's word together? We have a prayer time that started on Monday nights and Tuesday mornings, a gathering place in the youth room to worship God, to pray, to read scripture, to become refreshed. God is doing awesome things here. We have a whole children's worship arts this last summer. We've had kids performing on the toms, banging the triangle. I mean, they're doing awesome stuff. And God's moving in their hearts. And God is doing it all. God's done some awesome stuff. Just like he did with the Israelites. And he has a purpose for each and every one of these things. He has a purpose for it all. During that wandering, the people of Israel also lost people. Like I said earlier, a whole generation passed away for their disbelief. Here at ABF, we've lost friends and family. People that said, you know what? Ah, it's not for me. I can't do it any longer. Ah, I'm going to step back. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to see who the new guy is, and we'll see. There have been woundings that have taken place. I mean, these Israelites had lost their parents. This new generation that's going into the land of Israel, the, the land of milk and honey. Their parents have all passed away. Their grandparents. There's some deep sorrow and mourning here. But God had a purpose for it all. A year ago, three weeks ago, a year and three weeks, Pastor Andy left. And that was hard. It was hard for me, a co-worker, and a friend. It was hard for some of us here. But God has a purpose for ABF. And we've continued to move on. And we've continued to follow God and what he wants for us, just like the Israelites did. They continued to follow God and move forward. In that same time, these Israelites, there were babies being born. New people coming as a part of the Israelite clan. New sons were growing and becoming fighting men for the Israelites. Here at ABF, we've had new people coming in the last two years, three weeks, and three days. 
but who's counting? And actually, I want to do something right now, and this is one of those things they teach lawyers, but I'm not a lawyer, is to never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. But I'm going to do it anyways. And I want to see, if you've started coming to ABF in the last two years, three weeks, and three days since then, would you just raise your hand for me real quick? Hi. Look around, people. Raise your hands high. God's adding to our number. God is adding to our number. And he has a purpose for this church. And so we, as people, need to get ready. Last week fired me up because Pastor Doug was saying, as a candidate, hey, this church, it's on the verge of something huge. It's ready to go. It's ready to impact this community. It's ready to take it beyond these walls. And I'm going, yeah. But how do we as a people prepare for that? And I thought this morning we'd real quick look at the story of the passing on of a baton from Moses to Joshua. Found in Joshua chapter 1. If you open up your Bibles with me. Because not only is God adding to our physical numbers here, he's adding to the spiritual numbers in the kingdom of heaven. I want to direct your attention to this tree. Some of you have not heard the explanation of this tree, but this is a, a painting that's been painted. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> With the sole purpose of us as a church, writing names of people that we're praying for to come to know the Lord. You see two red dots, they're apples actually, stickers, of people that have come to know the Lord since we put their names up on this board. And this morning we have one more to add. And I want to ask Doug Flagg to come over forward and add one more. Because this last Friday night at Airsoft, one of these young kids named Sean accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And we're going to add more fruit. We have, we have the word airsoft players up there, and so we're adding fruit around that <laughs> as they come to know the Lord. But every time, every month, we have airsoft, they're hearing the gospel. And lives are being changed for Jesus Christ. God, in his infinite plan, is having lives changed for eternity. And I want us to look today at how we, as a church, prepare for what's coming next. Big time stuff. And look at what God has taken us through to bring us to this point. Joshua chapter 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all of these people get ready. And I think God's talking to us today. I know this is a narrative of a story. It's not spiritual commands of get ready, but he's actually talking to the Israelite people. But as I see this transition from Moses to Joshua, I see we're transitioning into a new pastor, a new lead pastor here. And as I was reading this, I thought, John, get ready. People, get ready. 
We need to get ready. Because God's bringing a man of God to lead this church. To lead from the pulpit, to speak, to shepherd and care for the flock, to guide and direct and take the vision that the elders have created and move us ahead. But we have our part to play. Joshua is told, tell the people, get ready. ABF, let's get ready this morning. You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west, all along the 101, the 23, <laughs> Mulholland, Camarillo, I don't know what's out there, the airport, but we have a couple people. We have people coming from far away and call this church home. And I think God's saying, hey, I'm getting ready. You need to get ready. Because we're moving forward. Promised land. Promised land. The 101 corridor. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I put my, my, myself in the shoes of Joshua for this one. And I thought, what would it be like to lead the people that Moses had led out of Egypt? Joshua had never had his face glow. He had been Moses' aide, his attendant. He had hung out at the tabernacle when Moses wasn't able to be there to take care of things. Those are some big shoes to fill. The people looked up to Moses. They cried out to Moses and to Aaron who had passed away. And Joshua is now told by God, all right, it's your turn, Josh. Time to take on the role, time to lead these people in. It's time. And I can't imagine, you know, the, the issues that would arise with Joshua leading. Well, Moses never did it like that. <laughs> Moses' face glue, glow, glowed. Glue, I don't know. <laughs> Past tense, moosen. Um, it glowed. Yours doesn't. I don't like your face too much. I don't know. I mean, what, what would the Israelites say to this guy that's just taken over from Moses? Hey, Joshua, where's your staff? Can you put it in the Red Sea and make the waters part? You know, like, let's, let's see. Let's see what, what's going on with you, buddy. Like, what's so special? And God tells him and says, hey, Joshua, get ready. Get ready. You're a leader. You're ready to go. You're ready to go, and I have your back. I am never going to leave you or forsake you. I am always with you. And now four times... We see this phrase repeated, be strong and courageous. 
repeated over and over and over again. As if God knows the fear that Joshua is dealing with of stepping in to a new group, a new role, and going, all right, I'm now in charge. God said it. Well, what's so special about you, Joshua? God's told me I'm in charge. Moses laid his hands on me. I'm just following orders, and I'm leading the way that I've been taught. But your way is different, Joshua. Sorry about that, but I'm moving ahead because God's told us to get ready. We're crossing the Jordan. We're going to take the land. God's going to move ahead of us. And he's never going to leave me or forsake me. He's promised that. In verse 6, we see this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. I thought about this and I thought, you know what? As a church in getting ready, we need to be strong and courageous. We need to rely firmly upon the Lord and His promises. We need to rely firmly upon the Lord and His promises. Just like Joshua was told, be strong and courageous. I'm going to lead you into the land. I'm going to carry through the promises. I'm going to keep my word, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. This idea of strength is not always the idea of physical fortitude, of working out. But it's of a sense of inner strength, spiritual strength that only comes from the Lord. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's Him that strengthens me. And we as a church need to rely on God and His promises. That He'll never leave us or forsake us. That the same power that Jesus had lives inside us in the Holy Spirit. And he's, Jesus tells His disciples and His followers, you're going to see greater things than what I've shown you. To me, I'm going, man, that is awesome. That same power lives inside me. God, use me. I'm relying and resting in your promises. And as we go through difficult times and ups and downs, victories here, victories there, making sure that I keep my feet planted in his promises. He is faithful, always. Continues on. In verse 7, he, now God, God makes a little extra emphasis here. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. We need to be careful 
to make sure that we're observing the law of the Lord. That we're faithful in what he says in his word. Last week, Pastor Doug talked about the idea of James chapter 1. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Let's just not do Bible studies and read God's word, but let's actually live it out, what we're reading, what we're taking into our lives. The food this morning, the pancake breakfast was awesome. But man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to be taking in his word. We need to be allowing it to penetrate our hearts. And we need to be living it out on a daily basis. He continues on with this command and says, verse 8, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Meditate on it day and night. It's not the idea of, you know, personal meditation, keep it quiet, but it's the idea of, are you talking about it? Are you having spiritual conversations about Bible studies that you're doing with your kids? Are you talking with your spouse about what you're learning from God? Are you talking with the men in your small group or the, guy, or the, the couples in your small group about what you're learning from God's Word? As you go, you know, this alludes to Deuteronomy chapter 6, the idea of, excuse me, Numbers chapter 6, and the idea of, we don't just talk about it once per day, but we're talking about when we're going, when we're coming. We put it on our doorposts. It's everywhere. Constantly talking about God's word and his law and what he wants for our lives. We as a church need to be doing that and preparing ourselves as Joshua as the leader was preparing himself. Third and final time that God speaks this is this. In verse 9, God asks a rhetorical question. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Life is hard. It's difficult. Work, family, neighbors, handymen, construction workers, you know, the, the contractors not coming in on their, their due dates and things like that. Life can be difficult. We have our ups and downs. But Joshua is reminded here by God, and I think the same thing applies to us, is that we need to not be terrified. We need to be strong and courageous. His omnipresence is to be our comfort. As Chad was praying earlier, God is working everywhere. His omnipresence is to be our comfort. That no matter where you're at or what you've done or what's gone on in your life or what's happening in your life or what tornadoes are encircling your life, God is in the midst of that. And we can rest assured that he is faithful and will never leave us. And that can be a comfort to us in the times of those trials. 
I'm looking out and I'm seeing some of your faces and I know the trials that you're going through right now. I know the issues. I've been praying for you. But we can rest assured that God's omnipresence, He's omni-everywhere present, can be our comfort. Now as we look at this as a church and we prepare ourselves, I think about the new leader, whoever that might be, whether it's Doug or someone else. And I think about these three things and I think about, man, whoever this man of God is, be strong and courageous. Rely firmly on the Lord and His promises. Be strong and courageous. Keep your eyes, your heart, your mind in the law of the Lord. Meditate on it. Live it out day in and day out. This man of God, be strong and very courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be downhearted. For God's omnipresence is to be your comfort. I think about this man and who it's going to be. And I think about what my mentor said. My mentor told me, he said, you know what, John? Ministry would be easy if it weren't for people. <laughs> and I think about that, I'm going, huh. wouldn't be doing anything, but yeah, all right. And this man of God needs prayer. He needs to be preparing just like we do. And I want you to see the response because Joshua goes ahead and he gathers all the leaders and he gathers all the people and says, all right, guys, get ready. We're getting ready to go take the land. We're getting ready to move. And this is what the people say in verse 16. And this is the fourth time, be strong and courageous, is mentioned and it's from the people. Verse 16, then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the people's response. This man that's going to be our next leader may do things differently than you're used to. Do you believe that he's been called by God to be here? These elders have been working tirelessly, working through multiple candidates to find the man that he is called and calling to be here. Are you willing to deal with differences in whoever that might be? We need to prepare our hearts to be ready for the change 
in leadership style and how he functions if we truly believe that he is placed here by God Almighty. Does that make sense? Are we tracking here? This is important as we prepare our hearts. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be preaching the majority of the time. This is going to be my direct report. I have to be preparing myself. He's going to be doing things different than I'm used to. People, get ready. God is moving. And he is doing awesome things. He is preparing us to take the land. Are you ready? We need to run to God. Because that's the only way that we're going to be prepared is running to him and preparing our hearts. Giving up things that we've been holding on to that aren't going to be met. Some dreams, some opinions, some differences that we might not see in this man. But if God's called him to be here, we need to be relying on God. So as we sing this next song, I want us to do some personal reflection. What areas do we need to be changed, be conformed, to be more like God? Just between you and God, spend some time preparing your hearts. to rely on him for everything. Let me pray. God, we rely upon you, upon your word, upon your promises, upon your omnipresence. God, help us in the midst of of what feels like uncertainty in life to rely solely upon you. God, as we prepare ourselves as a church for the man of God that is coming in his new leadership role, Guide us, convict us, search us, God, that we might be prepared to be under new leadership. And the only way that we can do that is if we run to you. In the same way that we prepare as a church, we need to be lifting up the next senior pastor of ABF. And so we're going to do something right now that's a little bit different than we've done, but I'm the youth pastor and I can get away with those things.
And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to gather up in your rows, threes, fours, fives, something like that. And I want you to spend time praying for the next leader, the next lead pastor here at ABF. Pray for the elders, that they would have wisdom as they continue to decide and go through this process. As changes happen and the candidate pulls his name, dealing with those issues as they come up, pray for the leadership and the next leader here at ABF. All right? So gather up a couple. If someone can help lead that, gather up. Let's pray. Thank you.